Welcome to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from AccuNet Mortgage and Realty's Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And a very pleasant Sunday morning, everyone. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Mark Sinkeris, along with Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors, owner Brian Wickert, and Chief Millennial Loan Consultant David Wickert. As always, if you have a question or a comment, just give us a call or text us on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The number, 414-799-1620. Gentlemen, welcome. Well, it's good to be back here. We've had a nice little streak of uh, radio shows when we thought we were going to be bumped off by the Green Bay Packers noon games, but hey, here we are. All right, so uh, let's get started talking about October home sale numbers for southeastern Wisconsin, and they were down uh, from October of 2017, and I will just come right out and say, and by the way, I'm, I'm going to quote right now, uh, single-family detached plus condominiums plus duplexes. I figure that's that's what I'm calling residential mm-hmm. uh, sales. And these numbers come to us from the Greater Milwaukee Association of Realtors Multiple Listing System, of which I am a member. Mm. And, uh, and, of course, this doesn't include for sale by owners. All right, so there were 1,926 uh, residential properties that changed hands in October, that is 177 fewer, or an 8.4% decline compared to October 2017. Dollar volume, however, uh, was only down by 2.3% because the median sales price was up. People are paying more. That's right. So um, a 4.2% increase, uh, median price was up by 8000 Good news for home shoppers is that there were 391 more residential properties listed for sale in October than what sold. So inventory is improving. That is so funny. Why Pe- is that funny? I just people listing their homes for sale in the in October, in the fall. Well, I don't know. Uh, okay, that's interesting that you would say that. Um, the so one headline I could write. Remember, I was a journalism major. Mm. UWM. Well, actually, called they called it mass communication at the time. So one, if I was the headline writer, I could write. Quote, home sales are slumping, down almost double digits in October, and third month in a row with lower sales than last year. Hmm. Okay, that would probably sell the most newspapers. Yeah. But uh, another headline I could write. What's a newspaper? Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. millennial man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another headline could be, home sales in October off from last year's record pace, but on par with 2016. Mm. Median price up. Eight percent over two years. That's got a decidedly more positive spin. Indeed. Both are true. Yeah. All right. Um, in, in October 2016, only 20 more homes, residential properties sold than in October of this year. So when you're comparing against a record, you know, it's like it's like saying, hey, the Bucks scored 144 points mm-hmm. against the Kings. Their point production is down to 128. Correct. Okay, it's still an incredible number. Correct. It's just down off the record. All right. Now, the other thing that we uh, that economists look at, and I guess what I'm really saying is you I wish I was an economist. <laughs> Get you more tweed jackets. Yeah, that's right. They, um, they not only look at the volume, but also the velocity of sales. And when it comes to... Uh, what does velocity mean? How fast things are selling. Mm, okay. Or trading, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of things trading here. And then the other thing in real estate is we look at the number of months of inventory. You take the uh, number of homes currently for sale divided by the number of sales the previous month. And the rules of thumb in that measurement are that if it's less than three-month inventory, 
that's considered a seller's market because mm-hmm. it's low inventory. Three to six months, balanced. More than six months, it's a buyer's market. All right, so let's, we're going to do condos first. In condos land, in October, there were 333 condos that sold using the help of a realtor. Interestingly, the price range from 20000 low number, wow. up to 965000 with a median price. Median, David, is the? The thing in the exact middle, not the average. Correct. So half the home sold for more than this number and half below, 169000 And it took an average of 47 days, or about a month and a half, from listing the condo to getting the accepted offer. Mm-hmm. There are currently 904 condos listed for sale in the five-county area. So that's wow. a 2.7-month supply, which is a? Seller's market. Seller's market. Barely. Good job. Barely, right? Getting getting there. And for condos, though, priced under 225 I did a little segmentation by price. That's decidedly still a um, seller's market because the supply there is under two and a half months. If you get to the 225 to 500 range, uh-huh. Then the supply is more like in that three-and-a-half to four-and-a-half-month range, so balanced. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of interesting exceptions. If there is a six-month supply in a very narrow band, there are 80 listings in the five-county area between 250 and 275. So that's kind of your fat listing range right there. But then the odd, another oddity I notice is if you're in the 400 to 450 price range, there's a lack of listings. Hmm, interesting. So... The thing to keep in mind about these numbers that I'm spitting out here is that it's for the entire five-county area, all right? And so when it comes to actually listing your home or condo for sale, you and your real estate agent really just have to understand the micro-local market. Mm -hmm. Because somebody buying a four-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath, two-story in Brookfield, you are not competing against Mequon or Franklin. Correct. you you got to really look at Brookfield. Maybe you got to look at, you know, Sussex and Menominee Falls and New Berlin. Um, but it's very, very local. All right, so there's your first, uh, what do I want to call it, uh, dose mm-hmm. of some interesting numbers for October. I'm calling it fine. We're fine. Don't don't let anybody tell you, oh, my God, this guy is falling. Because it fine. doesn't include for sale by owner, too. That's right. It doesn't include for sale by owners. And so I think in this next segment, I want to tell a couple stories about buyers that are currently searching in particular kind of a scary email that i got this morning before the show and then we'll come back to some numbers uh, later on in the show about single family when we come back okay and you're listening to the acunate mortgage and realty show on wtmj home buying advice from the guys who know it best this is the acunate mortgage and realty show with brian wickard on wtmj it was considered one of the country's safest states with the toughest gun laws that was until this past week's shooting in California. Steve Scafidi sorts out through the latest mass shooting in America on Monday, 9.35 right here on WTMJ. WTMJ News Time is 10.18. Now back to Brian and David. All right, so um, we pre-approved some first-time home buyers. I want to say maybe six weeks ago, six weeks to two months ago, and knowing that they had quite a bit of time remaining on their current lease. I think their current lease goes through either like March or April. Oh, wow. And and yet, you know, when you kind of get started in this home buying process, and and I applaud them for getting started early, you know, unless we kind of go through all the numbers, you really don't know where you are or what you might need to do to get in a better position to buy. Sure. So we did do a rock solid guaranteed, fully verified pre-approval <clears throat> to determine what these folks could uh, 
comfortably afford. But then, you know, and try to keep in touch with people either through voicemail, email, or on the phone. You know, we find out, oh, well, you know what? At first, we thought we were going to wait till closer to the end of our lease, but then I got an email back uh, to one of my inquiries like, hey, how's it going? What's the latest thought process? Well, we're probably going to accelerate that. Maybe we're going to start looking in earnest even before the end of the year. So I said, great. So I touched base with them again via email this weekend, and I got this email back this morning. We are casually looking at a few houses today just to get a better sense of what we are approved for can get us, which makes sense. Our home search will likely be, get more aggressive in the next month or so. And and so right away, that strikes fear in my heart. Why, David? Because if you go walk through a house without your buyer's agent, the listing agent will claim you as theirs. Unless you tell the listing agent that, hey, I'm already working with Fred Schlemowitz mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so then we had this email exchange where I kind of said, oh, that's great, but be sure, you know, that if you're going through any open houses, you know, when you sign the little registry thing that says, I was here, write down the name of your buyer's agent. Oh, by the way, what is the name of your buyer's agent? You know, do you have one? And if you don't, you know, you could put my, my name down as Acunet Realty Advisors, mm -hmm. um, even though I'm ultimately not going to be their buyer's agent. But nonetheless, the point is that in, in Wisconsin, the, um, the world works like this. Uh, whose loyalty as the buyer do you enjoy? Uh, the brokerage company of your buyer's agent. So in other words, there's two entities, the company and the individual human being. Mm -hmm. In a perfect world, you have the loyalty of both. Right. All right. But if you happen to go look at a home that's listed with um, red color realty, and <laughs> your agent that you're working with as a buyer's agent is also an agent of red-colored realty, you can allow that to happen, okay? Because you can say, all right, I will allow the company mm -hmm. to be neutral no. and represent both this. Well, actually, they become neutral, so they don't represent the buyer, and nor do they represent the seller mm -hmm. in this case, called dual agency. But the individual real estate agents can represent the best interest of their respective clients. So the listing agent represents the seller, and the agent working with the buyer represents the buyer, and they have to put their individual client's interest above their own. Both parties have to um, agree to that. Mm -hmm. Okay, And on a listing contract, there's a box to check that do I uh, agree to allow, you know, offers to come in from buyers represented, you know, uh, by agents who work for the same brokerage company that I'm listing with. Um, and so most people uh, go into that. But the point that you made, David, is if you don't tell the listing agent that you're already working with a buyer's agent, they can claim that they have, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, procured you. Oh, wow. A right of procurement. Okay. Uh, that they, oh, no, that they didn't tell me anything that they were working with an agent. So this is my buyer. And yeah. the reason why that matters to the agent is then they get the entire commission. Correct. Otherwise, it gets divided up between the buyer's agent and the listing agent. So there's your little reminder on agency in Wisconsin. Well, and why would you know if you're a, you wouldn't if you're know. a buyer? Right. But now in this particular case, the good news is through our email exchange, they do already have a buyer's agent. Mm -hmm. They are hip to this. But I have seen it happen time and again where people then all of a sudden fall in love with the house that they looked at, and mm -hmm. now they cannot bring in 
an agent because that agent won't get paid. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. All right, when we come back, let's uh, take a look at my mystery market that I teased uh, before the show where, uh, you know, the prices are down $25,000 and the condo market is falling apart at the seams. I'm going to give you the details on that and have you guess what market we're talking about when we come back. And you're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Weckert on WTMJ. The holidays are right around the corner, and WTMJ is back with its annual holiday radio show. WTMJ presenting The Night Before Christmas, starring our very own Gene Miller, Jane Matinair, Jeff Wagner, and a sleigh full of Wisconsin celebrities. From Turner Hall in downtown Milwaukee on Monday, November 26th, at 6.30 p.m., the live radio play will be recorded in front of a live studio audience, and you can be part of it. Buy tickets now. A limited supply of tickets remain available, so simply just go to WTMJ.com or text the word Christmas to 414-799-1620. Guys, we're coming upon a segment perhaps to be promoted as a condo market too good to be true. Is that right? Well, yeah. Yeah, well, let, let me give you the headlines in this article that I stumbled uh, across here. Uh, so let's see if you can guess what area of the world this is. The number of homes sitting unsold in Blank County has doubled in the past year as buyers continue to retreat from the once-hot market. Uh, okay, another part of that is inventory countywide jumped 86% among single-family homes and 188%, so double and then some, in October compared to a year prior. Okay, and then lastly, the other kind of thing that I alluded to here is about this particular condo development. Uh, When the new gridiron condos in Pioneer Square opened in March, the developer, Kevin Daniels, announced that 75% of the 95 condo units were already sold and pending. Boom, that's hot. But now, seven and a half months later, uh, a bunch of them have fallen through, and now he's only got 57% sold. So... The gridiron has now resorted to offering buyers a significant deal, partnering with a local bank to offer the condos with just 3.5% down. And the buyers okay, can also get a first-year rate of 2.5. In other words, they're doing a temporary buy-down. A combination, blah, blah, blah. Right, you say uh, Pioneer. I think it's Platteville. That's what I think. Did, it's isn't not in Wisconsin. Isn't that the... No, it's not in... This is a major metropolitan I know, I area. Just, All right, so the, yeah, the, it's the, pioneer, the, it's it's the, the Pioneers. Oh, yeah, it's not okay. that, though. All right, any other guesses, David? Then I'll give you multiple choice. The Ozarks. I don't know. Okay, all right. The uh, nominees for this market that I'm describing are either Boston, Chicago, or Seattle. Seattle. You are correct. Yes. This is Seattle. So, you know, proving that all real estate is local... Yeah. Uh, you know, the the other interesting anecdote in this uh, article in the National Mortgage News was that in March, kind of at the peak of the, of the buying frenzy, uh, so-and-so had a house in the Magnolia market that sold for $800,000. He put the neighbor's identical townhome up for sale now this fall, and it went unsold for three weeks. Before selling at seven twenty-five. Oh, heaven forbid! Well, but that's a big drop. Okay. From eight hundred down to seven twenty-five. Yeah, damn, darn near a ten. Almost, 10% yeah, ten percent drop. drop. So, um, and then the other point that I want to make relative to this condo thing is what 
Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have built into their uh, condo rules is that when you have a bunch of things that are identical, like condos, mm-hmm. uh, and especially in a new development, if you're one of the people who bought into that gridiron development a while back at the then high asking price, and now if you have to go sell your house, ooh, now I am competing against the developer who is throwing all kinds of candy at these deals, mm-hmm. special financing, maybe the granite's for free and all that stuff. So that makes buying into a new condominium development another layer of risk, which is why Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have more restrictive rules for that stuff. All right, when we come back after the news, let's finish up with a little rate roundup, and then we'll also have our look at the single-family detached home market in the five-county Milwaukee area after the news. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. And we're back with Brian and David after the news. And this is the rate roundup segment, guys, right? Yes, sir. And uh, so the Freddie Mac Primary Mortgage Market Survey, which is the most widely published and misunderstood number in in the mortgage finance area, reported a 4.94% average 30-year fixed rate, the highest in seven years. Mm. And what the journalists always forget to publish is that that, that rate would co- uh, come with a half a point, which on a $200,000 loan is an extra $1,000 in addition to your other loan costs. But the other thing they always fail to mention is those rates are uh, collected on Tuesday of each week and not published until Thursday. And what happened this week, David, with rates? Rates went up on Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, so rates got a little worse. So the real number... Well, not not rates, the cost of obtaining the same rates. Ah, okay, I like the way you said that. Or the rate. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Take your pick. So if I wanted to snag 4.875 at Acunet at the end of the day on Friday... Where are we at? It would cost you $1,400 in investment in points. That's $2,500 in total cost. Okay. Loan costs. Loan costs. The APR is 4.97. Okay, 4.97. Or at 4.99, which just sounds infinitely more better than 5. Indeed. Uh, total loan cost, $1,500. APR is okay. 504. And then if you just wanted to hold your nose and put a blindfold on yeah. and at five, 5.125. Yep. I would only run you $400 in cost. Okay. APR is 5.16. And this is with what percent down? This is with 25% down okay. on a $200,000 loan. Okay. All the other rates there. That's kind of our benchmark. All right, so, you know, rates are creeping up. Well, again, to go back to um, people buy homes for personal reasons. That's right. So even if there's snow on the ground, you're going to buy a house in December, maybe. That's right. Or sell because, hey, baby's on the way or right. what have you. Right. And, or, or you're getting divorced. You know, that's another common right. deal. But it's the refinance market where, David, now what are the – did you happen to look up the odds for the latest Fed rate increase right coming here. up is next month? Sitting at 76%. Plus, that's just for a quarter point. Bump. That is the only bucket there is. No, oh, one, no one thinks right now they're going to do a half percent. Oh, okay. Yeah. So 76% odds that the Fed is going to raise rates uh, next month. Mm-hmm. I can't see them not raising rates because they just met this last week. Yep. And said, "Hey, the economy's doing yeah, great. It looks good. Yeah, looking good. So I, I don't understand why that's not higher. So if you're sitting out there and you're, you've got a home equity line of credit, that interest rate is going to go from 
five. Is the primary currently five and a quarter? Yes. Yeah. So it's going to go from five and a quarter to five and a half. Well, plus you're probably paying a margin. You might be paying more than prime, prime as well. A lot of people do. Yeah. So you're creeping up towards, you know, getting towards six. And then the forecast is that there will be three more rate hikes in 2019. So it's not going down. Right. Not expected to go down. Yeah. So you can still probably snag a fixed rate loan at a rate that's lower than your home equity line balance. But we can also help you figure out, you know, if you have a tiny home equity line of credit balance of, you know, $12,000 and you're, and you're carrying a mortgage of 200 and mm -hmm. you've got three and a half, don't put them together. Uh-uh. Don't bother. Yep. But we'll help you think through that math. All right. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention, oh, we were going to start talking about the single family detached uh, home sales in October. Here's a couple of headlines on that. There were 1,437 single-family homes that sold at a median price of 220,500. The lowest price home in October, 128 bucks. Probably a fixed. Does that have a roof? I don't know. I didn't look it up. And the highest price was 2.7 million. Was that Giannis's house that he bought? Yeah. No. Without the roof, you mean? No, he bought a house. Oh, anyway. he did? Yeah. Oh, we didn't get the loan, did we? No. Nobody I think know. he paid cash. Probably. On average, it took 46 days to go from listing date to accepted offer. But once again, there's no such thing really as a five-county metro area. So I did a little slicing and dicing by loan size. If you're in the 70000 to 129.9 range, uh, the market's balanced has about a three-and-a-half-month supply. When you go from the 150 to 299999 price, it's still a seller's market with less than a three-month supply based on October sales. Uh, you go a little higher in price, 300000 to 499999 That's balanced, hmm. again. If you get into the 500 to 7499 it's a 6.1-month supply. Hmm. 453 homes for sale right now in that price range. When you go to 750 the nine ninety nine 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 nine. That's an eleven months. Oh no, nine point eight months supply. Mm. One hundred eighty seven homes listed. And if you're in the million and up club, congratulations! Congratulations! There's an eleven month supply of homes for sale. There are one hundred thirty two million dollar or more homes listed mm. in the five county Milwaukee metro area. And it took a five point eight months to sell one of those babies on average. Uh, from listing to accepted offer. So decidedly different markets as you go through the price spectrum. Correct. All right. Uh, let's see. When we come back from this, I'm going to tell a little bit about our septic saga. What oh, okay. did you have, David? And don't forget the parents buying the house for oh, the daughter that's right. story, too. And the parents buying the house and how that's all going when we come back. And you're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, fashion designer Donna Rico has lived in New York City for years, expanding her Donna Rico brand. Now the Milwaukee native is back enlightening upcoming designers at Mount Mary University. She shares her experience with WTMJ's Eric Bilstead today at 11 o'clock on WTMJ Conversations. Hey, what happens when parents buy the house and what you really need to know about septic systems? Our experts are Brian and David. Here you go. So let's start out with the septic saga, because I like the alliteration, <laughs> the septic saga. So it's human nature uh, when you're buying a condo or you're buying a home. Uh, and when I say condo, I'm saying um, the human nature part of this is you assume everything's okay with the condo association. Mm -hmm. All right. That's this is I'm putting this in the same 
uh, theoretical mental bucket is, okay, I'm buying a house with a septic system and a well. Um, you know, you assume it's working because, you know, when you went through the house and you looked at it, maybe you flushed the toilet, ran the <laughs> faucet a little bit, then, okay, hey, it's working. Yeah. Well, uh, not always the case. And so when you write an offer on a home that has a septic and well, there's a standard box or two boxes that you check on the uh, addendum A to the offer to purchase that says, oh, the seller typically is going to pay to have the system checked out hmm. by a licensed septic person in this hmm. case yeah. uh, within X many days of closing. So you don't want to do it too far ahead of time is the idea there. And so in this particular case, it failed. Um, whoa, what? The septic system failed? Yeah, because, and we had this happen, uh, David, when mom, your mom and I bought this particular house, mm-hmm. um, because septic systems get old, and so this one was oversaturated. It couldn't, couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then, oh, okay, great. In this particular case, the seller had the right to cure the defect, except as we learned, in this particular case, it really could not be cured because they had to go from a traditional leach bed system where the trenches in the ground, okay, and where the liquids seep into the soil once again, mm. to a holding tank solution. But the good news is the parties were willing to do that, and they were working on this and proposed that they do what's called an escrow holdback. David, can you explain in two sentences what an escrow holdback is? It's going to get fixed. It's not going to get fixed before closing, but we'll set aside the money to get it fixed. Okay. And uh, they had agreed that they were going to set aside a robust amount of money, uh, 150% of whatever the cost is going to turn out to be. And then on top of that, our buyers are putting down a ginormous down payment, like several hundred thousand dollars. Uh, And this, we're talking, we're trying to give them a conforming, meaning a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, 30-year fixed rate loan. Well, I'm thinking this is a no-brainer, Right. But all of a sudden, we start sharing the details with our Fannie Mae seller servicer where we where we have the interest rate locked, and they come back after really thinking about it and say, no way. Huh. It's a septic system. We don't do septic system holdbacks. All right, so one of the unique benefits of working with Acunet Mortgage is we have more than one outlet for a lot of types of loans, especially 30-year fixed rate loans, so we have three other outlets, and guess what? Door number two says, nope, never on a septic. Oh. Door number three says, can't do it on a 30-year fix, but we could do it on a portfolio arm. Hmm. And the initial answer from Fannie Mae Seller Servicer number four was, can't do it on a 30-year fixed. So I'm like, holy cow. So then we were proceeding down the path of getting it done before closing, delaying the closing by a couple of weeks, and getting it done before closing. Oh. When all of a sudden, in like an NFL type, you know, upon further review, uh, seller servicer number four came back and said, you know what, we think we can do it with an escrow holdback. It was really, all right. Sounds good. So we're currently going down that track and uh, have been able to switch from selling it to Fannie Mae seller servicer number one, which we still have that door open. And now we're going down door number four. But isn't that amazing that initially four out of four said no way on a septic. Yeah. And and I think the reason is that when you sell a, a loan to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac as the direct seller servicer, you have to represent and warrant 
that the property meets all state and local code. And so if you know that it's failing on the septic code... You cannot represent that that's true. And, and then I think the other thing that makes lenders in general nervous about septic systems is when you're digging a traditional septic system replacement, you are literally digging trenches. I came over and watched them do it hmm. here at the house that we live in now. And these were like 20-foot long, 3-foot wide, 10-feet deep trenches. And if I recall, there were like three or four of them. Wow. You know, based on the size of the house, you have to have so much size of a leach bed, so many square feet. And you're digging down and hoping to find soil that isn't all full of clay right, is that that will actually allow the liquids from your septic system to seep back down into the earth. And I think that's kind of a, no pun intended, a crapshoot. <laughs> and, and so so I think that's why that makes lenders nervous, because yeah. you don't know whether you're going to be successful. In this case, it was a holding tank. So it looks like we're going to have a happy ending in that story. All right, when we come back, we will mop up with our story of the motivated parents buying an investment property for their daughter to live in, and maybe a little bit of uh, more of a mop-up on the fastest-selling municipalities in October in southeastern Wisconsin when we come back. And you're listening to the Active Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Getting you through the home buying process. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And once again, we are back with Brian and David. All right, so back uh, in late October here, October 21st. That was only 12 days ago. It was October, by the way. Anyway, wow. go ahead. I know. It just seems like winter. Anyway, so uh, October 21st sent out a rock-solid guaranteed pre-approval letter to some repeat customers. You know, so we've done their primary residences a couple times. And, um, and, and they have a daughter moving back to the area from out of town and wanted, didn't, didn't want to see her spending 1000 or $1,300 a month mm -hmm. in rent. Mm -hmm. And so I said, hey, let's, let's, let's buy a single-family home. And, and uh, they were debating whether to do it as owner-occupied or as an investment property, and we were kind of going back on the pros and cons of that. And we decided, they decided, investment property was the way to go. Um, and so then it was a matter of, well, where do we want to look? You know, West Dallas, do we want to be in Brookfield, Menominee Falls? You know, where do we want this property to be? And so they didn't really know. Um, got them connected with an excellent buyer's agent, and they met on November 2nd, hmm. so Friday before last. And I just got an email on Saturday morning. They have an accepted offer. Huzzah. Huzzah. So the moral of this story is that it takes a team of people to execute a plan called buying a house. And the team is, you know, buyers who are cooperative, uh, working with a good lender, like Academ Mortgage, and then teaming up with a knowledgeable and, is it, what's a better word than aggressive? Is there a better, a softer word than aggressive? I'll think about that. Assertive. How do you like that? Buyers agent. Dedicated. Okay, dedicate. Who's going to, you know, set out and say, okay, let's see what's out there. I don't know yet whether, because this particular buyer's agent has had success inventing homes, you know, so to speak, that aren't on the market. Like, okay, you want to live in this area of Elm Grove? Let me go knock on some doors and see if we can find somebody who wants to sell. You know, he, he did one of these for one of our buyers, wanted to buy in a very specific condo. 
project. So he went ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, and found somebody that wanted to sell who was not on the market. Yeah. So it takes effort and focus. You like to say, David, that it is your second job, your second full time job, you know, as a buyer. You got to be serious. These people were serious. They wanted to get it done, and boom, a week later, they are they've got themselves an accepted offer. Yeah. Okay, speaking of selling in a speedy time frame, here are your top ten fastest selling municipalities in southeastern Wisconsin for October. With a minimum of ten. Right? With a minute thank you, David, with a minimum of ten home sales. Uh, coming in number ten, Menominee Falls, thirty seven days. City of Racine, thirty four days. Wawatosa, thirty three days. South Milwaukee, thirty one days in seventh place. Sturdivant, Racine County, sixth place. West Dallas, twenty nine days. Pewaukee, just twenty nine days. So now we're in the less than a month club. Hmm. Waukesha, 28 days. Brown Deer taking only 25 days from listing to accepted offer. And my hometown, Muskego, only 11 days. Wow. Whew, on fire in October. Uh, they had 15 sales. So, so if you want to win on any of those homes, you got to be serious and you got to be doing it every day. Un unless you want to buy a million-dollar home <laughs> because we talked about how there's yeah. a... Uh, almost a 12-month supply of million-dollar homes. So it it really is localized and, you know, micro-markets yeah. when it comes to buying or selling. All right, so that's kind of about it for today's show. But here's what you can do. It's a good time. In fact, you know, time is kind of running out. So I'm going to say time is of the essence when it comes to refinancing. Correct. Uh, because rates are creeping up. And, you know, there's nothing on the immediate horizon that would make us think that they're going to tumble uh rates are st so so click on the blue button fast and hard uh, or give us a call we answer the phone for sure our phone numbers at acunet.com as well for a, a refi and then there is still actually time we could still get somebody into their home by christmas oh yeah yeah because you know the our vendors are not terribly busy this time of year meaning appraisers and title companies and such so we can still make you a homeowner by uh, Christmas time, yeah, or certainly by the end of the year, and but you want to get yourself equipped to do that, and uh, and the right tool for the job we think is the rock solid guaranteed pre-approval, exclusively available <laughs> at Acuna. This is the only uh, pre-approval that comes with a two thousand dollar guarantee. Don't if we it. can't make good on that letter, and that really shows the seller that you are the next best thing to a cash buyer. All right, that's all the time we. Oh, you can find both of those things. Well, mainly the blue button and the phone number at accunet.com. We'll see you back here again next week. All right, guys, great show. Really helpful information as always this week. Fashion designer Donna Rico joins us at 11 o'clock on WTMJ Conversations. Packer pregame coverage at high noon. WTMJ Newstime is 1058.